Welcome to One More Dig, Metal Detecting Stories. I'm Dave Spannenberg. I thought I'd spend a little time, um, actually it'll be this entire episode, talking about metal detecting and how I started out and just share some ideas and some experiences about having a father who was willing to take me when I was 10 years old on trips with him and his friends. Um, it obviously stuck and sadly none of my children are interested um, in doing it, but I tried. But what a great activity and opportunity it is to spend with your child or to spend with some someone who is interested in metal detecting and history and pass down the sport um, to the next generation. Or you could pass it up to the generation before, but just sharing um, the sharing the hobby and the exciting things that come with it and the excitement of the finds and of buying new equipment and trying out new equipment and participating in clubs and all these things that make it a, a great sport and a, a wonderful sport to share with with young people. Um, like I said, my children weren't interested, my daughters. Um, they had other things that they liked to spend their time doing. I bought a Fisher F2 for my stepson when, when he was 10 probably and I took him out and he used it once. He found a finger rosary. Um, and then he, then he just had no interest after that. He would rather spend time playing video games or reading or whatever 10 year olds do. Um, and he, he sold it for 40 bucks at a yard sale. And we, when I, when I figured out what he was doing, um, I, I realized we took a hit on that. That was a nice little, nice little starter machine. Um, actually, I think they still even make that model. If they don't, um, they stopped fairly recently. But it's a great, um, great little machine. I actually took it out a few times to test it out and found some silver coins and I think a silver ring with it. So sharing the hobby with your child, whether it's father-son, mother-son, mother-daughter, father-daughter is a great way to get exercise. Um, it's so much fun when you're a kid to, to find anything. And I, I'll get to my story here in a few minutes, but kids are very curious and it's, a, it's really a sport that um, is fueled by curiosity, really. History... Curious for history, curious for um, things lost. I mean, what kid doesn't like the idea of digging a hole in the ground and maybe finding something, no matter what it is, whether it's a mercury dime or a pull tab? Um, it's just, just fun. So I'll start with my story, and I'll throw some... Uh, some different things in while I'm talking and then at the end I have a I have a little story about a listener and his son um, but so my story my father began metal detecting and some of this 
I've talked about in other podcasts, but I, I just wanted to share my whole story and I wanted to um, just sort of in a formal, um, you know, using a whole podcast with a title related to um, going detecting with family just to make people think that, you know, some people may not have thought, hey, I can bring my I can bring my child out to the park or to the field or whatever, and they can follow me around. And even if it's only for an hour here and there and, uh, you know, build an interest in metal detecting and history and identifying artifacts and collecting coins and, and all the things that comes with it. Um, so back in the late seventies, my father bought a white's, DI, I, I'm not even sure, White's DI Series 2 maybe? Anyway, um, it was a pretty solid machine for the day. And uh, he bought that and he started, and, and one of his friends bought one as well. And uh, he just started going to parks and, you know, he obviously did. I grew up in a late 1800s Victorian home and he did the yard there and there was a local park and... and started finding things and they'd bring them home and it was always interesting to uh to look through his finds and way back then there was still um when in parks there was still a lot of there was a lot of silver um flying out of the ground it's just a fact that you know when the parks get hit for the first time ever there's there will be a lot of um, a lot of good things that come out. Um, with that said, we know, and I've said this a million times, nothing's ever cleaned out. But anyway, so he'd come home and he'd show us his finds, and it was uh, it was just so much fun to see what came out of the ground. And he'd you know tell me, okay, this is a 1946 Mercury dime, and the, and not too long after that, I, I'm not sure if I convinced him or he just offered, but on shorter trips, day trips or whatever, he took me with him. And I would just wander around with him and he'd be digging. I'd kneel down by the hole and I'd um, just excited to see what what was going to be found. We'd make a day of it and pack lunches and we had... Um, music that we listened to every time we went metal detecting in the car and it was uh, Willie Nelson Patsy Cline and Johnny Mathis were the three um, different and I think it was 8-tracks because this would have been in the late 70s yeah 8-tracks um, we you know had some parks within an hour away we'd pack a, a nice lunch and, and go hang out for the day and uh, once in a while, he'd bring the whole family, um, and we'd put out a picnic and and spend the day. Basically, everybody would try and figure out what they were going to do all day while he metal detected. We'd bring, like, a Frisbee and a ball or something. Um, when I was 12, I guess he felt that I was old enough to to figure out how to use a machine, and he bought me a white beachcomber, and it was blue plastic. It had this 
clunky handle, um, no discrimination. He bought it at Radio Shack, and I think it was labeled Whites, um, but it might have been a Whites machine that Radio Shack repackaged. I'm not sure, but I know it was made by Whites, and it was called the Beach Clomer. Um, and so I just, and it just basically, every time it went over metal, it'd make a noise. Um, if it wasn't too deep or there was no discrimination, no, it was just, it would just beep. It didn't go very deep. Um, but so I just walk around all day, um, while he was finding good stuff. And in the beginning I would, you know, dig holes and find some things and sort of, if he, if he found something good, I'd go over and do the cardinal sin and kind of hone in on his area. But eventually I started, uh, I figured it out and I remember being in a park in a small town in upstate New York and it was old, an old sort of village green and, um, he was finding, you know, I think he was finding Seated and Barber, um, and I, I didn't find any of that. I found a wheat penny that was gold-plated, um, and there, it, it had to have been maybe a pendant or something, because the edge wasn't, wasn't gold, and there was, the, the part that would have hold, held it in the pendant was was not there. So someone was wearing it, and the penny probably just fell out of it. But uh, part way through the day might have been actually. I remember it was quite a long day. Um, I got a beep. I dug it up, and I found a ten carat signet, ten carat gold signet ring. And it was like the best thing that ever happened to me. It was like months I still felt like I was some sort of superhero. And it it was just a basic signet kind of ring that maybe even it was a pinky ring. It wasn't very big. It was a, I'm pretty sure it was a man's ring, but it was on the small side. And so I was so excited about it. And when we left on the way home, he... Took, we stopped and had dinner at a at a restaurant and I wore I remember I was 12 and I wore it into dinner because I was so proud of it I, I sort of was showing off I guess I don't know but that was a that was a great memory for me and a great sort of time and a, a, something I'll remember that I that time spent with my father um, always obviously I do now and it was 38 years ago and then basically we went almost every weekend for it felt like for years once I started playing um, varsity sports in high school we didn't have quite as much time because I would have baseball games and cross-country meets and basketball well basketball is winter so that's not applicable but but we still went a lot, and uh, as time went on, I had better machines to use, and I found, I mean, that I've said before, uh, coins are my thing, and I'd find a lot of silver coins, 
Rosies and Barber, Dimes, Mercs, few, you know, Washington Silver Quarters. and So flash forward to college, I brought a metal detector to college with me. I detected not a lot, but a few times. It was still something that um, I loved doing. And then I graduated from college and the Longhouse Treasure Hunters took me in and from there it's history. So it all started with following my father around when I was 10 years old and it turned out to be this lifetime activity that I love for so many reasons. Um, first of all, obviously finding historical items is amazing, but it's healthy to get out and walk around for hours and get fresh air. And I like to think that maybe uncovering some of these things that would have just been sitting there under the ground for, for eternity um, kind of helps us understand the history of an area, the history of where you're hunting. Um, so it was, uh, I was very fortunate that my father allowed me to hang around with him when I was that young. Quick story about my brother and his son. Um, my brother is part of the Longhouse Treasure Hunters, but he, he does not really like metal detecting. But as a joke, every year I pay his dues and make him go on um, the big trip. And since his dues were paid by me, he feels obligated. But he has, uh, he has a simplex, and he his backyard was part of a farm years and years and years ago as most rural homes. Um, so he, he's gone out and metal detected and he has a, a young son who follows him around and it's so funny. He'll dig a hole and his son is more interested in pulling worms and grubs out of the ground than seeing what he finds. Um, that's so cute. I, you know, hopefully someday he'd rather have a silver dime than a worm, but um, maybe not. Maybe he'll be more of a fisherman. He's, he likely will be anyway, because my brother is. Um, so that's sort of my story starting. Um, I really hope that some of you who listen to this think, hey, maybe I don't have to buy my kid a machine right away, but they can, you know, follow me around for a while um, we can sit down in the middle of the day and have a sandwich in the middle of a field and just, un, you know, enjoy the, the beautiful scenery and the outdoors and um, get closer to our kids and keep them away from video games maybe for a, for a couple hours here and there. Um, so I have a great story that I'm going to end with. And I have a listener who emailed me a while back um, thanking me for doing the podcast. And he says he's a loyal listener. And um, I'm so thankful I sent him a, a shirt and some stickers for him and his son. Um, he, he has a young son. His name... Um, the listener's name is Ian, and he has a, a young son. And 
he and his son go metal detecting and he his son follows him around and uh um, I think sometimes they go as a family as well, but his, his son follows them around and is just fascinated when he, when he digs stuff up. And so his son, when, when Ian says, hey, we, uh, it's time to go, we got to pack it in, his son says, dad, remember, we have to make one more dig. And uh, obviously for me, that's priceless. And I'm so glad that, you know, that people are listening and that um, people are listening with, listening with their children. I keep this podcast clean because um, I want families to be able to share it if, if, you know, if that should happen. So, Ian, please keep listening. Please keep bringing your son metal detecting and letting him uh, listen to the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, when he gets old enough... Um, I hope you buy him his own metal detector and uh, show him the ropes. This has been a lot of fun. Um, oh, one more thing is, um, as you all probably know, there's metal detecting rallies around the country, um, three or four day, sometime just weekend, where groups get together for... Um, for hunts and there's usually like a seated hunt where they they bury tokens or coins or something worth prizes um but there's usually a youth hunt involved at some point during those events where they'll seed a small area and uh and let the kids come in and use metal detectors and find tokens worth um diggers and i'm not sure what what kinds of things they they uh, give to the kids, but I'm sure it's metal detecting related. Um, so that's a good way to get that's a good way to get the kids involved with metal detecting and uh, get them excited to show them that there's a community of metal detectors out there that gather occasionally, and uh, you know if you have a club where you have a a meeting at a at a meeting house or or something, and maybe have a a kids day where folks can bring their kids to sit in and see what it all means. Um, so I really appreciate you listening to me today, and I'm just looking through my notes here one more time to make sure. Um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Uh, please email me at omdstories at gmail.com and please rate and review the podcast on your podcast um, on the platform you use. I really, really would appreciate um, any feedback. Um, so far I've had a fair amount and it's all been great, but I just want to throw it out there that I, I look forward to feedback, good or bad. So in closing, please bring your kids out there, metal detecting, let them watch you, let them grow into machines. You might get lucky and have a lifelong detecting buddy like your dad, like I did. Like I do, I should say. Thanks for listening. This has been One More Dig Metal Detecting Stories, and I'm Dave Spannenberg. Mm-hmm.